You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is like the 17th of August, 2017. If you guys haven't caught the drift yet, summer's almost over get out there enjoy it have fun because it's going to be winter soon and unless you live in florida like our like one of our guests jeremy knoff jeremy knoff jeremy knoff anyway unless you live in florida um it's gonna be winter soon and you're gonna miss it so get out there and enjoy yourself this is jim hedger from digital always media we have dave davies from uh Bean, from beanstalk internet marketing and jeremy i'm almost positive i'm gonna get this right jeremy knoff from spartan media there How close am I? You got it right this time. I think you pronounce it wrong uh, on purpose when you do that. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, I would not. Anybody, <laughs> Jeremy, ever ask Dave. He'll vouch for it. Um, Jeremy, welcome to Webcology. Dave, uh, Thanks. man, thank you so much for being willing to, to do the show, but uh, I made it back just in time. Uh, what have we got today? All right. For our listeners who don't know, or anybody who's like tuning in who might have seen it on Facebook, we weren't expecting Jim, which was an awesome and uh, and pleasant surprise at the twenty third hour, uh, whose uh, computer died, but fortunately managed to get back with his laptop. So welcome uh, once again to week number I don't know five thousand that we've uh, we've done some radio. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for for joining me. And we got we, I was going to say, and I, I do this every week. I'm like, we got a ton of stories. Surprise, we have a ton of stories every week. <laughs> Imagine that's that. how this sector goes. So are you um, saying that SEO changes a lot? Is that <laughs> I'm saying it changes. Well, <laughs> you know, I I could try and use my strategies from 2004. <laughs> you know, uh, although funny, right before the show, and, and for our listeners, and, and maybe this is a, an interesting starting point, although we can't chat about it too long because we've got a lot of news. Chairman and I were chatting uh, a little bit about uh, hitting those scenarios about the, the exit of flash, you know, sort of being dropped from Adobe and, and it finally, you know, being, being properly sunsetted and that, that enjoyment, um, uh, almost enjoyment anyway, of when you're first looking at a client site and Jeremy had mentioned 
couple of the ones you've looked at recently are actually in Flash. And, and that enjoyment is looking at a site and going, this is absolutely horrible. And trying to convey to the client, what I mean by that is, this is awesome. <laughs> because there's so much wrong that your starting point is actually in the real world ahead of where it is. Because there's some, some just core elements, like your site's in Flash. Um, which brings me to something. Now, Jeremy, you have, well, and, and, and I'm in it too. Uh, well, different sections, but... This leads me to a question you'll be answering for all of us soon, and you can tell us why. Um, you know, you hit those scenarios, you know, you, you got just a mess wrong, or sometimes everything's great, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a, a big uphill battle because you're just in a high competition sector. Let's start with the question how do you know when you're, how long something is going to take? They're hiring an SEO. We've heard from Google, hey, it might be even a year, right? How do we know how long it's going to take? How do we communicate that to a client? And and why is this a question I'm asking you? Well, the short answer is we don't know. It's it's totally it's largely speculation. I mean, we can we can have an educated guess based on things like the competition or their history, what kind of backlinks they have, what um, what amount of content they've got. But to a large degree, there's still a lot of guesswork there. And and how are okay? I mean, I'll just jump. You know what? No, I'll let you. I'll let you tell it because it was it was your idea for for a story to touch on. Now, SEJ is going to be be helping us out with some some answers and tutorials. Uh, sorry, SEJ. I'm, I'm by that for our, for our listeners who don't know who SEJ is at Search Engine Journal. Now you know who it is. Um, you have to write up a, a section. This is almost more like an interview, but hey, we'll we'll do it this format. Even though we're in the news segment, you're going to be writing a section for them, trying to let people know how long that does take. What's the, what is it that you're writing? Um, and, and, and maybe tell us a bit about what, uh, what Search Engine Journal is doing. So basically what they're doing in terms of the whole overall thing or, or this section? What the over, let's, let's go with the overall thing and then your okay. section of it because it's, it's relevant to the conversation. So basically it's, it's an entire beginner's guide to SEO and they're, they're breaking it down into every little detail that somebody needs to know in order to properly optimize their website. Um, you know, dispelling a lot of the myths and, and misinformation that's out there and giving people kind of a ground up foundation to start doing optimization properly. So that's kind of the overall big picture. Um, as far as the section that I'm doing, that's basically going to be on how long SEO takes. Um, recently, I, I think you guys probably remember the article that one of the Google people put out and they were saying typically you can expect about a year before you start to see, you know, serious results. Um, there's a lot of variables that go into that though. You've obviously got the volume of competition. You know, if I'm competing against, you know, underwater blue widgets that nobody's ever heard of, then there might be a couple of sites that I'm competing against. But if I'm trying to sell mortgages, that's an entirely different animal. Um, but then you've also got to look at, like I said before, the content, how much content do you have? What kind of quality is it? How authoritative is the person who's actually producing it? Um, what kind of velocity is it? Did they just dump a hundred articles in there today? Or is it something that every day they've put out a great article over the last three years? Um, links are another factor and same deal there. Are they links from trustworthy authoritative sources or are they, a bunch of spam black hat links that somebody filed, fired up Xrummer and, and blasted them out there. Um, velocity there as well. So, you know, a, a lot of these variables come into play here, and that's basically what we're going to be covering in the section that I'm writing for that. And so you're saying it might be a, a little bit different than if I was targeting um, 
obscure restaurant middle of nowhere, Texas versus web hosting. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, perfect. Now we're, we're going to get back to that. And I know uh, it's interesting because it's kind of merges. I'm going to, I'm going to move on to, to a, a little more news. Cause I want to talk about some similar things with our, our guest, John, as, as he's, sorry, that's John Henshaw is going to be coming up after, uh, after the first break. Um, now we have a, we have a bunch of, of story stuff. One of them you would let me know about. One of the things I find interesting, our listeners I'm sure will find interesting, and, and an area of passion for me. And, and I, from what I see on Facebook, you too, Jeremy. You have a Google Home. I have a Google Home. Um, you know, we're we're both being adopted by the Borg here. Um, <laughs> now they've just. I mean, not only has Google just announced in the last week um, that they're adding 30 new languages to voice search, which of course impacts not just Google Home, but all personal assistants and, and phones um, and, and other mobile devices. If we go back to our interview with Cindy, you know, pretty soon that'll include your fridge. Um, so not only are they doing that, but now just announced and it's not working in on, on mine yet. Um, the ability to make phone calls, like basically go call, whatever, Jeremy Knopf. Um, and, and it just make that call over VoIP um, directly from, from my Google home. What do you think? Like, is this, we're, we're seeing a, a massive adoption um, in, in the area of, of voice search, how fundamental is this going to be as, as we're moving forward? It makes that top result the really the only one that matters at that point because you're not getting the traditional list of 10 blue links. You're getting whatever result Google feels is the most relevant because they need to solve that person's problem immediately. So if I'm just in a, in a situation where it's a, you know, I, I listed the call one. Okay, that's kind of, you know, Whatever. It, there only needs to be one result. There's only one Jeremy Knopf on my contact list, so it doesn't matter if there's, you know, I don't right. need a hundred results. I just need the one. Um, but where do you see this going in regards to, say, if you're an e-commerce site, for example, um, what does this do to impact you? Um, you know, in 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 sort of the the global environment, what what do you do um, when there's not ten links, and and is this even applicable to them in in a really big way? Like we can compare with you know, say, um, echo or something like that, where, okay, now you've actually got in some of the versions, like a, a visual display. So yes, e-commerce still has the same quasi interface as just voice activated. Um, but when we're dealing with like a Google home or, or one that's just voice, your, your phone, um, say if you're, I don't know, driving and having, you know, as you were <laughs> trying to communicate and driving and, and maybe the language isn't working, but you're driving and, and trying to do things. What does that do then when you're saying, where's the nearest gas station? you know, there is only one. What, what do we do with that? Well, uh, well the, mo go ahead, the more creative languages that Google allows for your driving, the better, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> as for gas station or something while you're driving, that would be proximal, wouldn't it? It would, it would, it would be based on where you are and where the nearest listing is. Sure. That one's pretty straightforward. But when you get into something more like an e-commerce situation, like Dave was talking about, that's where it starts to get a lot more interesting. Um, okay. So where do I get a hairdryer? Why I need one, I don't know, but where, where would I get it? Well, <laughs> I mean, what would you do with that? <laughs> um, but so, I, I, and I think that comes down to the device. I mean, obviously, Echo is going to have a very different opinion of where you should go than Google Home would have. Well, I was going to mention that. Echo, be Echo belongs to Amazon, and Amazon is a shop in and of itself. Google, in this case, is more of a Yellow Pages, eh? Yeah. So wouldn't it be in Amazon's interest, naturally, to direct you to the Amazon listing? Absolutely. Which brings up the, uh, the interesting question of antitrust. What is Google actually going to do? 
<laughs> now, wouldn't that be funny if Google actually goes antitrust on Amazon here? Yeah, with they've that, got enough oh, antitrust problems to worry about of their own, I think. <laughs> well, well, if the, if Google doesn't go antitrust on Amazon, then they learn nothing from Microsoft. <laughs> and you That's should listen to Microsoft. Microsoft was going on them all the time, right? Yep. Which but, was, uh, I remember it being ironic because everybody was on Microsoft through the 80s for the exact same thing that they were complaining about. But It's the circle um, of life, Dave. It's just the circle <laughs> of life. Okay. Well, so, what is going to happen? Because, like, seriously, Google would be stepping outside of integrity by um, only directing towards Google links, Google stores, and, you know, Google advertised products. But at the same time, its main competitor is going to be doing exactly the same damn thing. Right, we do get down to the question. I think, Jim, this might be what you're you're getting at, or certainly a, a, an interesting point to to sort of consider is: is it going to be the you know find a gas station near me? Right, I'll, I'll use that example just because it's a localized one. Well, if there's a paid map listing, <laughs> should that one get the priority? And now does Google, you know, suffer its own problems because they're they're favoring their own paid results when they can only give one result? when there might be closer gas stations that just aren't paying for it, right, or, or, or something like that. Um, you know, this will be interesting. And do they know that I favor, you know, where I am? I've got a, you wouldn't even know this one, Jeremy, because it's a Canadian company, but I go to Petro Canada. It's right across the street from me, but I have the points card, so I go to those. Does Google have that understanding that I'm going to Petro Canada, right? Like, okay, find me the closest one that you know I go to. Um, you know, these, these are the sorts of things that'll be, that'll be interesting. Or even in that event, do they favor paid results? You know, and 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 what does that mean um, in the antitrust area? So these are some some big questions we'll be you know obviously watching pretty closely. Um, I know we have just a, a bit of time, you know. I mean, because we've got a, a big show here, um, we've got uh, Q and A for for folks who who don't know um, was just sort of announced in the in the last seven days. Basically, the ability for people to ask questions of your business if you have a, a Google My Business listing, which if you don't. You're probably not listening to this show, so I'm probably talking to everybody. Um, if you have a Google My Business listing, you can now be asked questions um, on your uh, Google My Business listing, which you can answer, and then it'll show up as sort of FAQ questions. Um, just advice. There's, there's not really anything uh, you know specific to it other than it's a new thing. Um, but I know I've contacted my clients. I'm sure most people have where local actually matters and gone you need to ask yourself these questions. Google actually gave us, it's over now, a few days where just the business owners could go in and jam some questions in, um, where you can sort of go in and pre-populate it with the commonly asked questions that you're asked and of course your well-structured answers. Um, I'm all for every time that I have a ability to control the message, like post my own or questions and answers. <laughs> Obviously take it because that's better than the random ones you're gonna get off the internet. Um, what do you guys think? Jeremy, I know you work uh, pretty heavily in local as well. What do you think about this move on, on commonly asked questions and, and with specific niches, restaurants, contractors and things, these are this is probably a really, really valuable area to, to take over and, and make sure that you're getting the right questions. I know if I was a drywaller, um, there's going to be very, very specific questions I'm asked and, and I'm going to want to answer those and differentiate myself from my competition and my answers uh, right out there. What do you think? How powerful will this be? You know, I think it's got a lot of a lot of opportunity because I think the kind of questions people are going to ask are going to be kind of buying decision questions rather than they're just looking for an answer. So once they get that answer, 
then they're more likely to actually call you or, or click through and, you know, fill out your contact form. So it's giving you one more way to, to sort of convert them into leads rather than just relying on, you know, ranking for something, getting them to your site where they then find the answer. If they're finding the answer right there, I think it's, it's creating additional opportunities for you. And what do you think? Like I'm, I'm a big, well, big, I mean, I'm a, I'm a technical SEO predominantly, but um, you know, I, I love conversions because that's the whole purpose of all of the reason we're all doing our job and any of our listeners, that's why they're listening <laughs> is, is for sales. <laughs> we're not here to just get traffic unless you're a publisher. Um, you're, you're here for, for the sales. So what do you think of the opportunities there on a conversion side? I've answered these questions. What do you think? And I haven't given this a lot of thought at this point, but it, but it, it occurs to me that if I've sort of pre-answered all these basic questions that people might have, mm-hmm. Do, do you think that was going to give me a, an added ability on my landing pages? And, and, you know, even if your landing page is just your homepage to go, okay, now I can sort of hide my little FAQ section a little bit, knowing that those, those questions, you know, not hide them, but I don't need to make predominant these answers. They've already heard the answer. I can just funnel, get them into the funnel and, and move them through. Will it help conversions? Um, do you think in our, in our ability to design around conversions instead of having to make sure we're answering all these questions? Jeremy, Jeremy, before you answer, do you mind yeah. if I jump in here? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it, Jeremy. I got a concern about this. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's think about this for a second. We were, we For the last couple of years, we've been answering people's questions. That's what we've been doing in our content. That's what we've been telling our clients to do. That's what we've been telling our, our listeners to do. Our pages are there to answer a question that might get asked, Right. So, like, mm-hmm. now Google's going to be scraping that answer off of my page. You're asking if it's going to um, add to conversions. You know where I'm going to make my best conversions? On my freaking site, because that's what I built it for. Google's taking, taking customers off my site and answering my questions for me on the Google search results page. I think I'd have had a better chance had they, had they honored my, uh, the answer to the question that's on my page and set the traffic to my page rather than on uh, on their SERP. I don't know. I think I would look at it kind of similar to the way I would look at a featured snippet. Like it's just, it's kind of adding value. Okay. Right. right. An additional, an additional sort of talking point. I know we've only got like a minute left before we go to the first break. Um, I, I didn't want to steal Jeremy's fire. I'm so sorry about that. But that <laughs> no, no, no worries. This is just a fun conversation. Um, for anybody who doesn't know about the, the new Q&A or you're looking for tips on what to do, Overon and, and everybody you know I'm chatting with right now is probably well aware of the site, Blumenthal's.com. Um, you know, it's, it's held by a local SEO expert, Mike Blumenthal. Um, anyway, he wrote a, a great thing August uh, 13th over on, uh, on their blog, 11 Tips for Optimizing the New Google uh, Question and Answers. Um, highly recommended reading for anybody who doesn't know about them or is just looking for some tips from somebody who's done enough local over the years to be able to sort of jump ahead and answer something we don't know a lot about, but give some valuable advice on what it probably will yield um, heading forward. Just, just for fun, has anybody checked to see if Bill Slosky has a Google My Business listing? Because <laughs> I mean, if you want to have some fun with somebody, Bill's the guy to have fun with. Um, okay, on that, okay, folks. Don't spam Bill with uh, your questions about search engine optimization and patents. He hates it. you do that. On that, we have to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So uh, on behalf of uh, well, Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and myself, Jim Edger from Digital Always Media, you're listening to Webcology on Cranberry on the 17th of August, 2017. Stick around. we got John Henshaw, possibly of Raven Tools, coming back after these messages. Thank you.
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Cranberry, Cranberry Radio. We're everywhere. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. Friends, we have an elegance of experts on, 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 on this call right now. This is amazing. We have Jeremy, Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media. <laughs> Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. John Henshaw, Director of Digital Marketing at TepClicks, and uh, well, the co-founder of, uh, of Raven Tools, which was recently purchased by TepClicks. Congratulations, John. Um, and of course, myself, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Uh, John, you're the newbie. Welcome, welcome to Webcology. Yay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Glad to have you back, man. It was fun when you were here last time. When you were here last time, you were the outright owner of Raven Tools. You're, you're not that anymore. I'm not. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks. No, it was uh, it was uh, happened in March, and um, it was a it was a good deal. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to be at, at TapClicks. We were actually just uh, announced for the second year in a row um, to be in Inc. 5000, and we're like 225, so we're pretty high. So the company's doing really well. They're growing, so I'm I'm pretty excited to be with them. Um. Okay, I, I've got to ask for everybody in the industry who, who 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 saw the sale and saw that it went down. How liberating is that, man? Oh, well, that's yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's definitely different, you know, because uh, one day for the past decade, you are uh, responsible (laughs) in charge of everything. Uh, And then the next day you aren't. Um, So, yeah, so there's, there's, that's definitely liberating from that standpoint. Uh, I think it's also kind of nice to be able to kind of just focus on just a certain area. So since I don't have to worry about every facet of the company and I can uh, instead go back and just focus on what I really love doing and and what I'm interested in, which is in general, you know, SEO and digital marketing, um, that's been pretty nice. I will say, though, I have to say it is definitely a transition (laughs) going from from being owner to to not. Uh, But luckily, you know, people I work with are pretty good. You know, one of the things when I when I was younger, just starting out my career, one of the things that some of the grizzled older workers would tell me is, kid, never let them make you management because it changes you. Now, you said, like, you know, you're back into SEO and and you're, you're the director of digital marketing for 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 tap clicks. You know, um, is this uh, is it like being taken and put back uh, back in the field suddenly? It is a little bit. I mean, it's it's it is a bit of it's kind of like being in-house, you know. Uh, that's kind of what I am. I'm, I'm in-house in, in the sense of for a company with a single brand. And uh, and that's – so, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like that. And and I like it. I, I like the focus. I like being able to focus uh, and produce things, um, bring attention to the company, which is a lot of what I did early on in Raven. You know, the first three or four years was, was just that. I mean, it, it was – that was my main focus. And so I, I'm, I'm basically kind of back in that role again. And, and that's pretty fun. Okay. Um, before Dave's, Dave's got a quick question, but before we do, let's get the, the quick skivvy on tap clicks. Like who's tap clicks and what do they do? Yeah. So they're a marketing operations platform. Um, the thing that they're uh, well known for is the, the reporting tool, which is which used to be called Tap Analytics, um, and it still kind of is inside that. But for the, but it's it's basically uh, reporting for large agencies and enterprise companies and even media companies. Um, the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why they were interested in Raven was because uh, we kind of had uh, reporting for uh, small to medium sized agencies, and they saw that as uh, an attempt to kind of own the entire vertical, um, which which is where that's the path they're on, um, and and they're doing a, a pretty good job growing towards that. So that was we kind of filled in that gap, and um, and basically so that so that you know with Raven, people would come to Raven when they were kind of a smaller agency or medium sized agency, and then they would grow and they would outgrow Raven. Uh, and so uh, what this does is it gives them a natural. Uh, progression into their reporting toolset, which is way more advanced than what Raven can do, and it connects to 170 plus data connections. You can output output it into like any type of format, so it's it's it fits really well. Now we uh, I cheated because right before uh, the show I, I asked you, hey, are there any areas you're kind of passionate about chatting about? <laughs> you know, or, or you're interested in chatting about. So just to let our listeners know, sometimes I do that to make sure that we're, you know, <laughs> going to have a, have a decent conversation here. You picked one of the like hot topics right now. So that was real easy. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, so we're going into, so I, I'm going to be asking you about AMP. 
and, and, and all that's, that's sort of going on right now. Now I know, and, and just, you know, putting things into context, um, I'm asking a person here, like for our listeners, I'm asking a person here who knows what he's talking about regarding speed. Um, and I had never, like when you rebuilt the, the Raven site, I had not seen one that fast. Um, certainly built in WordPress. Um, so when I'm asking you, you know what you're talking about, just tell us what is going on. What, what is going on with AMP and, and, and tell me why, why do I care? So I, I, I always start off with, um, we collectively, all of us kind of ruin the internet as marketers. And <laughs> I mean, and so, so I have to start there because there, you know, there's a little bit of truth that leads up to uh, the, the fact that AMP even exists. Um, and so what I mean by that is as broadband kind of continued and as uh, marketers, including just like sales teams and everything else like that, had to make more money off their sites, they added more crap <laughs> to their sites. And, and, you, and it kind of ended up in being a perfect storm of ridiculous ads, ridiculous amounts of ads, um, uh, webmasters being lazy about all the JavaScript libraries that they had on, on their pages. I mean, just a combination of everything, <laughs> you know, to the point where you have to be on a broadband connection just to even view the awful experience on your site <laughs> without everything popping up in front of you and you can't even read the text and you click on something and it's something else and there's a video auto playing. And, and so uh, we, we kind of ruined that experience. And, and one of the things that um, Google has been good at, even though it's partly because uh, it's, it benefits them, is with their search results, they, they've always been oriented towards making sure there's a good user experience. And, and so one of the ways they know that is if somebody searches for something and then they click on, say, that top link or whatever, and then they bounce right back, um, then there's the idea that, that they know that probably wasn't the best page or, or site to go to. It probably wasn't a good experience. And I think as they did their own research, which didn't take very much, you know, it took them anybody in Google opening up their phone and, and visiting one of these pages and knowing this is an awful experience uh, to say that uh, there's got to be a better way to be able to present that information. And so they came up with AMP. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, it came up with it after creating the, you know, the, the speed insights, you know, uh, tool and, and the rest of that stuff. But they eventually got to this point um, where, where they said, we can't get people to fix their stuff. So we're going to, we're going to make them by coming up with our, in our own language, which is really just an offset of you know, HTML. And, and so we have this uh, AMP HTML, which essentially it forces UX onto publishers. Uh, it's, it essentially says you can't run your own JavaScript at all, and uh, and it has to be formatted in this way. And the only way I've ever seen it is basically like a one column. I'm, I'm I, I assume that uh, there's maybe work being done to maybe you know make it a little more layout diverse, <laughs> um, but it is very controlled and, and you can now have your ads, but that's about it. And you can add a, you know, a little bit of navigation now. I mean, they're slowly adding little things to it, but uh, not only are they controlling that, they're controlling where it is. And so in this case, it is on Google and, and it is on their servers. So um, you have to format 
all of your data in this way because they think it's going to present a better user experience and you can't host it. Um, they're going to make a copy of it and when it is returned in a search result, it stays there. Um, and so that was sort of okay, except for the fact that Google more and more, I would say even just in the past year, has, has been uh, doing things to their user experience that keep you on Google. Um, whether it be the way the carousel works that displays those, those AMP results or, or even kind of what I had coined the Google app uh, maybe like a year or two ago I blogged about uh, where you just get trapped inside a search result within a search result. I mean, literally you, you, could, you could search for a sports team and maybe a score or something like that. You click on it and it's like you go into almost what looks like a PWA which is really just a, a search result within a search result. And you're essentially viewing all the data that Google has scraped off of all these sites, giving them hardly any credit, if at all. And, and, and you're just clicking around until you find what you want. And then you're still, if you back out, you're still at Google and you might search for something else and you never went to somebody else's site. Um, and so it's, it's getting, uh, it's getting complicated, but the, the clear thing is that they're taking away traffic uh, with this from our sites, and that seems to be the direction they're going, is to become sort of the old-school AOL, you know, where you just kind of stay in their world. There, there are just so many directions I can go right now, <laughs> but um, to, to keep it on point, I know Jeremy's got some, some good questions coming up here as well. Um, so I'm just going to ask one. It's going to go back a little bit in time to, to something that you had mentioned, and you had said, we as developers ruined it. As a fair enough comment, but my question back to you would be, um, did we ruin it, we as marketers ruin it, um, or did our visitors ruin it? Did they make us, did their expectations and, and what they convert trigger, um, did that force us to do things that now no longer function the way Google wants them to function, and so they're just taking it in their own hands, and if they are, if we were doing it because it was serving our users, are they now doing a disservice to my user? Like, like notwithstanding the fact that they're stealing our traffic, but you know, in, to your point, I mean, if we're, if we're going to follow that tangent, but taking that as an aside, if we're optimizing for our experience and they're now deciding that's not the experience, even though our testing might've said it did, what are they actually serving the end user? Yeah. I, I, I find it difficult to find, any scenario where the user did it to themselves. I, I think that as marketers and advertisers, we push and push and push uh, users you know, to a certain point to see what they'll actually deal with. How badly do you want this information? And, and so what happens is, is if you're a data-driven marketer, then you know that even though every visitor hates it, um, if you do a pop-up, you're going to get a certain you're going to get a larger number of people giving you their email address or taking a certain action than you would have if you didn't do the pop-up. But if you were to ask any of those visitors, I can't imagine they would say, man, I'm really happy that as I was scrolling and I was really enjoying this article that you popped that up and asked me for my email address. I can't imagine um, that that's something that they would want. And dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to go off on a, on a slight tangent. Oh, um, Jeremy, you had a, a really good question. You just popped it in. Sorry, sorry, oh. listeners, this is how it works. I got here. 
follow that tangent because I, I so, think it's great. Yeah, I was well. I was gonna before we get to that. I was gonna say you know to play devil's advocate here. Um, you know, you said that obviously the users wouldn't say, "Hey, yeah, I love this pop up. That's great," but if it's getting them to convert, then I think that could be still viewed as a beneficial thing, even from their perspective. The same way that yeah, you don't necessarily want to eat certain foods, but when your doctor tells you to do that, that's kind of what you need to do. So if they're going to solve a particular problem and you have the solution to that, isn't it kind of your job to, to some degree, do whatever you need to do to get them to, to make that conversion? I, I think what I, I think that half of what you said is correct. <laughs> I mean, it, in that, yes, it is our job to get them to do that conversion and we need to do it however we can. Um, I, I have no doubt that some small percentage of time, um, some people were kind of like, you know, I'm really happy that they asked me for my email because I really did want to get spammed by them later. Um, <laughs> but, but I just don't, I mean, I have a hard time because I'm thinking here as an end user, not as a marketer, mm -hmm. as an end user, because, because Dave basically said, well, maybe it's the visitor's fault. <laughs> and, and you know what? Okay. I can play devil's advocate here. <laughs> it, it is the visitor's fault for the same reason spam still exists. And I'll give you an example. Um, the, we have, uh, actually, I don't want to give that example. It'll get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and back back up. Um, <laughs> let, let me put it to you this way. Spam still exists because spam works. And, and so in that particular case, I would say, yes, the visitor is at fault only from the standpoint of if visitors did not take that action, we would not have that action. So, so I will give you that. Now, but just while we're, while, while we're assigning fault here, we're, we're, we're clear on this. It's not Neil Patel's <laughs> fault, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even touching that. <laughs> not even touching it. So, yeah. he, he was the first guy to put up a punch the monkey banner, if I remember correctly. I admired I, him for that. I think it's his pajamas fault. Neil's <laughs> <laughs> pajamas, absolutely. If do I see that picture anymore. <laughs> do you guys remember when he updated his profile picture, Rand's response to that? No. Did anybody see that? Uh, I, I can't remember you what he said, but yeah, I saw it. <laughs> he had updated his, I can't remember whether it was Facebook or where it was, and I, maybe he asked, you know, what do you think of the profile picture? And Rand replied with, not enough pop-ups. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny um so, okay jared if you got one more question get it in we gotta get yeah. we're gonna have to get to a break but go for it so earlier jim kind of touched on uh the the I don't, I don't remember whether it was jim or dave now but uh one of you guys touched on the the ridiculous speed that john had pulled off with raven um i'm looking at it right now it's 87 on mobile and uh what was it uh 91 on desktop uh, John, share with us a little bit about how you accomplished that, because you did kind of a little non-traditional approach to that, especially on the homepage. Yeah. So you, if you're if you're quoting scores, then then you're using site speed, which yeah. you know that that's that's debatable. You know how 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 useful the total score is and how, <laughs> how they're doing stuff. But if you were to actually just visit the site, mm -hmm. it's fast. I mean, it's oh, really yeah. fast. Um, and the way I approach that. I actually uh, wrote about uh, at makefastsites.com, and it's just a it's a long one pager, long form, uh, one page site, and it and essentially I, I refactored all the code 
I use system fonts instead of including fonts that people may have to download. Um, I went to town optimizing images, uh, specifically using something called SourceSet. Um, and then I also use Cloudflare to, as my CDN and to have HTTP2 and SSL. And I just improved, try to improve the UX. I have to give nice. credit to John here. I remember hearing you in a webinar talking about source set, and I hadn't used it at that point. And this is going back a ways. Uh, and I used it for our listeners who haven't played with it, play with it. Um, and I, I've, I've basically implemented that on any opportunity I have since. <laughs> it's, it's great. Sweet, uh, sweet. Okay, guys, guys, um, we got to speed our way through a commercial break. I want to come back and talk more about. Uh, uh, speeding websites up and techniques to do it, but studios studios gonna gonna well they're gonna moy to us if we don't if we don't go to break soon. So on behalf of Dave Davies, Jeremy Knopf, and John Henshaw, this is Jim Hedger. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. You can guess what companies we're from. It would just take too long to say so. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, 
and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's, it's good for you. Really. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davis. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. Get your scorecards out, you're going to need them. We have Jeremy Knopf from Spartan Media, John Henshaw from TapClicks. TapClicks. Tap, tap, tap I want to say we're <laughs> from TapClicks. Dave Davies from BeatSuck Internet Marketing and myself, Jim Hedger from the Forgottery at Digital Always Media. Um, Jeremy, uh, you were pursuing site speed uh, with, uh, with John. Um, where were you guys going with that? Uh, shoot. Uh, I think I'm drawing a blank now. My brain just circuited here. Uh, Dave, you guys, you guys were uh, touching on. I'm going to jump in because I have so much uh, that I can talk. Like, this is just one of my. Maybe it's the technical SEO in me. Now I got John here, who's done what, what we all want to do on, on this context. So I'm going to just continue on with speed, if that's all right. Um, John, we talked about images, and I'll, I'll vouch for it. Um, it works, right? Like getting getting your images optimized. And obviously, your 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 code is clean. So let's, let's be helpful to our listeners, because we can go, hey, have clean code. Okay, so now I've been handed by my developer, or I'm working with my developer, and I've got a, I'm going to use the, the WordPress, common enough. So I've got a WordPress theme. Yeah, uh, good luck with that. I mean, on the surface, good luck with that, right? Like in, in getting optimal speeds out of that because it's it's built for a bunch of applications and, and it doesn't work like code. that. So now what do you do with that? You, you've got a theme you like, great. Okay, now what? How, how can I possibly get this thing fast? Um, when it's built to do so much more than I actually need it to do. So it has so much code that I don't need it to have. So that's a loaded question because yep. uh, my preference <laughs> is <laughs> my preference is, is to always um, start from scratch and create my own WordPress theme from a from a you know bare bones type of theme. Um, I realize that I realize that's not practical for a lot of people. And so uh, and this is actually where you get in trouble is what you were kind of bringing up, which is, I'm somebody who has found a theme. I really like it. Does all the things I need it to do, and so I'm going to use that, and I'm going to add these ten other plugins. <laughs> and 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 so what happens is, is is typically the theme, if it really is looks nice and does all this cool stuff, is generally generally relying on a bunch of JavaScript libraries. And then as you add more plugins, you you then pile on. The amount of code that you that you're actually using on the site just to render each individual page, um, and then the reality of all that is the cool things that your site does based on that theme and or plugins. It's only using typically a small part of the JavaScript library or libraries that you have on there. So you're basically serving a ton of code. You're only using a little bit of it. Um, and that's the reason why I don't like going that direction because just from the get-go, you're already piling on 
um, as far as things have to be downloaded. Uh, I haven't even talked about what fonts they might be using. It doesn't matter that you're using Google fonts because depending on the designer, they may have used just maybe two or three different fonts and then they decided to have bold and italic and all these other things. Well, it ends up being megabytes uh, of, of a download if the end user, if the visitor doesn't have those fonts cached on their on their mm-hmm. particular browser. So would, then you talk about pictures. <laughs> hey, and that's John, let me, yeah. let me interrupt you on that real quick. So you talked about fonts. One of the things I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed anything different with it, is you don't need to select all of the, the, the bold, the italic, all that stuff for just those kind of things. The browser seems to handle that if you just load the main default font. Is that what you found as well? Um, what, usually I'm thinking specifically of like, of Google fonts and when you right, go, right. That's, no, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. For example, uh, open sans, which is a, a huge, a hugely popular one. If you just download the, the main font, don't download the various different weights or anything like that. And you can just style that with CSS. You're still getting the effect of all of those different weights, but you don't have to have all of the extra downloads. I, yeah, I did not know that. I haven't tried that. And that makes sense to me. The the only thing with that would be that you don't get, I believe, the same uh, fine control with the CSS. Meaning, you know, usually when I do a font weight, um, typically somebody will just do bold. Right. Um, I'll usually do the numbers, you know, something like 100 to 900. So I can go from like thin or, or you know, uh, extra, you know, bold or whatever. But if the browser does it, then... Yeah, that actually takes care of probably a, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. We're having a, and, and for our listeners, because we have a sort of Skype chat. And for our listeners who may not have, have, have thought to do that, I, I admit it, I never, like in, in just our, our little private chat, had never thought of that. Uh, that's a that's a, a takeaway for, for folks who are listening right now, because uh, Jeremy, credit where it's due, that's actually a really solid idea. Uh, <laughs> And I'd never heard of it before. And as, as I noted in there, it's one of those like sort of hit yourself on the head and go, right, of course. <laughs> no, I, I never did. Great. I mean, I'm like actually that. now literally as of 30 seconds ago, I'm thinking of going back and testing all that and, and then changing some things like, hey, when you, I mean, and I will give you credit if it works. <laughs> I think, no, I think it's a great idea. I want to find out. Yeah, I've done it on a couple of sites. I and I originally kind of stumbled upon it when I was trying to set a couple of different weights. And you know, once you go past two or three weights, the download speed goes through the floor. So you know, I just kind of experimented in CSS a bit, and it seemed to handle the various weights, setting them as numbers, not just bold, for example. So it looked it looked solid to me. No, I think that's I think that's great. I mean, now yeah, I want to guys, go test it. Guys, on, on behalf of newer webmasters. Um, you seem, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, you're very obsessive about site speeds to the point of, um, you know, uh, 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 experimenting with Google fonts. Why is this so important? Good question. Jeremy, you want to like, go? Why, why, are you obsessed, sure. why are you so, so obsessive about it? So each each AT, uh, HTTP request has a huge impact on the speed, right? Mm-hmm. So I know all of us here are old enough to remember when we would, because of the horrible bandwidth, Back when we were on dial-up, you had to chop up images and you would break them into tables to lay them out. Um, we don't have that problem anymore, so developers have gotten lazy and they just put huge, huge files in or or tons and tons of downloads. Um, 
the fewer HTTP requests that you have now, though, the faster it, the downloads. Because what has to happen is your browser sends a request to each of those assets and pulls them down individually. So even though we have tremendous bandwidth, that still slows it down dramatically. And I'll I'll add to that that I th I think one of the reasons why this has become such a hot topic, uh, particularly you know why Google is really pushing for this is is has a lot to do with mobile and the type of connectivity that that people have, which a lot of times isn't consistent in its speed. And so I think a lot of this actually has started at least from the Google perspective um, because of this initiative of everything's kind of going mobile and more people search on a mobile device and that type of thing. No, we've got, it just, it just came out. Uh, what is this? Oh, Hey, earlier today, Barry Schwartz, uh, <laughs> go figure. And we needed to mention his name on the show. So there we go. Cause I think that's pretty much all of them. Once, once um, <laughs> Google's testing a new lightweight search app for a slow internet network. So right now they're rolling it out into regions or testing it in regions. Um, you know, like India, where where they don't have the same speed that we have um, on on their internet. Is, is this just yet another sign of the importance of everything we're talking about here? Are we going to see Google just powering through, and as Cindy was chatting about, just starting to rip our content through via APIs and XML feeds and and you know whatever uh, schema code, and then just providing that just unless we can provide like is our way of making sure Google doesn't destroy us entirely, making sure our sites are super fast so they don't have a need to destroy our experience and they can actually just feed our stuff or, or are they going to do it anyway? Well, I'll just answer real quick and, I may, and hopefully Jeremy can have a chance to, and that is uh, we're talking about the future of where Google is going. And if we're talking about the future where Google's going they're they are interested in structured data so they can take all your data and they are interested in keeping you on their site. Um, I think AMP is a good example of that from the fact that they're hosting it. I think that the Google app, you know, inception, you know, Google search within a search is an example of that. Um, and, and in their perfect world, uh, I, I think that they would love it if you never left a Google property. They would, and, and if they can pull that off by having everybody's data that we've just handed over to them and it's all hosted on their site and it's, and you're just on Google and they can do their own ads and control the entire experience. Um, then, you know, I think that's their perfect world. I think that's what they're striving for. And that's what I think that we need to fight against. That's definitely where they've going, where they're going and they've been gobbling it up a bite at a time here and there. So I think it's, it's an inevitable thing at some point in time. Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> okay you know what that, that is a perfect place to leave the show fight the power um because the power is defining us okay this was a fun show sadly we're ruled by the tyranny of time we have uh more shows coming up right behind us on on cranberry so john henshaw director of digital marketing at TabClick, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, on webcology jeremy knopf um founder and owner of Spartan Media. Man, thank you for jumping in when it looked like I wasn't going to be here. Um, My pleasure. Good having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. And yeah, Fred, thanks. I love talking with you guys. Half of, uh, of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 8th, 17th of August, 2017. <laughs> Get outside and enjoy the summer before you don't got none no more. We'll talk to you next week.
opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News.